I was off Monday, Tuesday, which Monday I literally laid around all day and did nothing because after nine days straight, I just basically was like, nope. <laughs> uh, my body was not having it anymore. Uh, but yet my phone continued to blow up. Hey, did you get this? Hey, do you got that going on? Hey, did you get this plan? Hey, do you know when your corporate card's in yet? I'm like, oh my God, people. Ooh, corporate card. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Top of my monthly job, I have expense reports that got to get filed. Yeah, how closely do they look at those expense reports? Do you think we could put get a Zoom Pro account on there? <laughs> Two best of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're dumb. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. It's Matt and Mike here coming at you with a brand new episode of the 2M Football Podcast. <laughs> Recording on Friday morning. Uh, shout out to my sister. Happy birthday. I, I don't think she's a listener, but just in case. <laughs> oh, man, well, come on, Sarah. You're better than that. <laughs> and we are 13 days away from the start of the regular uh, the NFL season. Can you believe it? 13 days, like the amount of days I work in a week. <laughs> Let me do some quick math there. Uh, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, some of the latest news, the preseason starting to wrap up. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Speaking of phones blowing up. <laughs> Somebody's important. Um, yeah, you preseason. What? I was going to say, you can't break your habit of being important at work. That's just that isn't you, Mike. And it wasn't work. It was a text message. <laughs> So I'm, I maintain my persona, good, good, <laughs> my credibility. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about some news that's happened since we last spoke, uh, update on some training camp quarterback competitions, that sort of thing. And then we've got two more divisions we still need to preview. So in this episode, we're going to preview the NFC West before we bring it home with our, our home division of the North uh, in the next episode. So without further ado, let's get into the news and preseason updates. So remember last time we talked, it was the, I think it was the night that Zach Wilson had a knee injury jets quarterback and they feared an ACL tear. Uh, well, good news is it's not bad. It was a bone bruise slash meniscus tear, which sounds kind of bad and did require surgery, but uh, he's, he's only expected to miss a couple of weeks of the regular season. Well, that's not too, that's not too terrible. Dodged a bullet there. Right. And, and until he's back, it'll be wacko for Flacco at the helm for the Jets. So relatively good news for them. Um, over in Carolina, the Panthers quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Uh, going back to the first week of the preseason, Baker got the start. It was four for seven, 45 yards, whatever. Donald only threw three passes in that game, but he did get a touchdown. And then neither played in preseason week two. And now Baker has been declared the starter. So I guess those those three pass attempts from Donald in the preseason game were enough for, for Matt Rule, head coach, to, to call it a call it a day and, and roll with Baker like we all knew he would. Right, that competition was so competitive. What a sham, yeah. <laughs> It's the right decision, though, so at least they got there in the end. Things are much more interesting in the Steelers, actually, the Steelers camp. In preseason, in the first week of the preseason, so, you know, Trubisky, they brought in through free agency, seemed to have the inside track for the starting role, and he was the first quarterback to play in week one. But then, surprisingly, it was Mason Rudolph, not rookie. Um, Pickett. Is, it, is it Ryan Pickett? I forget his name. I don't know. His Pickett. last name is Pickett. That's Kenny all Pickett? I remember. Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett. That sounds right. Okay. Not his name is now Kenny Pickett. Congratulations. 
Let me double check that really quick. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, the rookie they drafted in the first round was the third one to play in the game, not uh, not Mason. No, he played after Mason Rudolph, which was a surprise. Um, but in the set, in preseason week two, Pickett was the number two quarterback, and he's actually looked really good. I think I saw the stats. He's only thrown three incomplete passes in the two games so far and three touchdowns. So same number of touchdown passes and incompletions. And uh, you can just see it. You can hear feel the excitement. As he's thrown like five. Twenty-two actually. Okay, okay, okay. He's nineteen for twenty-two, uh, three touchdowns. And you just hear the the buzz around the stadium when he comes into the game. There's a lot of a lot more excitement for him than uh, Mitchell Trubisky, our old friend. Don't don't do that to Mitch. Come on. <laughs> I feel like everyone gets excited over these rookies and these high draft quarterbacks and then i don't know 50 percent of them work 50 percent of them don't it's funny how fans turn on somebody they're all like yeah this is the guy we got it and then they're like can we get this guy off the team <laughs> i mean trubisky himself knows a little bit about that but but i'm now wondering if they're if pickett actually has a chance and it is kenny i looked it up <laughs> kenny pickett. okay good I do wonder if he has a chance to start week one because he's looked really good. And Trubisky's been fine. It's nothing against his performance so far. And uh, Pittsburgh play their final preseason game, uh, well, this weekend. So we'll see how that shakes out and if it impacts the decision. But it seems like at least he's overtaken Mason Rudolph. So there's something. Hey, progress. I guess. And, and then over in Seattle, the other quarterback competition, uh, Drew Locke was going to get the start in week two of the preseason against the Bears. It was, it was so funny, the timing of these news alerts on my phone. It was like, Drew Locke's getting the start, and then probably less than an hour later, Drew Locke has COVID, so he's not playing. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. Geno Smith got more playing time as a result, and you know you know what you're going to get from him at this point. Not too exciting, but he was, he was fine. No, tell me, what are you going to get from him? <laughs> you're going to get uninspiring, but okay quarterback not disastrous quarterback play <laughs> um but pete carroll says going into the final week of the preseason that it's still undecided and uh drew lock is going to play the the quote the majority of the game in uh, week three so one more chance to to see but it, it still looks like it's going to be geno smith man it's okay lock you'll get your chance something's going to happen to smith it sounds ominous. What what do you have in mind? No, no I, I I have no idea what you're talking about. There's absolutely nothing. He's a phenomenal guy. He definitely, <laughs> definitely won't magically just be injured for no apparent reason. Interesting. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye on that. <laughs> definitely, I'm not going to trip him and break his kneecap. Definitely. And then the Ravens just keep winning preseason games. Their win streak is now at 22. This 22. is insane. Are teams purposely losing because they're, like, fascinated by this? I don't know. It makes no sense at all. The, the preseason is so random, too, you know, with non-starters playing the majority of the snaps. Anything can happen, but they <laughs> keep winning. Or maybe they just have a knack for, you know, third and fourth string players being better than other teams, third and fourth string players. I don't know what's going on. Well, maybe they need to start their third and fourth string players then. Oh, man. Sorry. Did I go there? I think you just went there. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely went there. Peace and love. Peace and love. (laughs) Okay. And in other news, I, this feels like it was forever ago, but I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet. Uh, so after so after Deshaun Watson's initial ruling was a six-game suspension, the NFL appealed. It sounds like they were going for a full-season suspension, but the two sides came to a compromise, and it ends up with an 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, a $5 million fine, and it's a stipulation for him to get uh, counseling. So 11-game suspension. And as you pointed out to me, the first game he's going to be back for or eligible to play will be week 13 because they've got the bye week in there. And it's against the Texans. Interesting. I'm almost, you know, I love a revenge game narrative, but there's so many already this season. I'm almost tired of it. (laughs) Well, I mean, that just means that every week there should be something exciting happening, right? Because there's nothing worse than going into a week being like, I have no desire to watch half these games. 
That's true, and the Texans won't have much to play for, but I bet they'll get up for this game. And you, you do know, you know, I love Davis Mills too, so I will be heavily rooting for Houston. Oh, absolutely. As will you know, the whole NFL world. I'm guessing. Um, let's skip the rest of this and just get into the NFC West preview after a very quick break. Break consists of me scrolling down a little bit more. Just a little bit? Actually, it is right there this time. <laughs> this time, I like how you had to preface that. I know, I know, I know my flaws. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back on the 2M Football Show, continuing our division previews with the NFC West. And yes. um, at the top of that division last season was the L.A. Rams with a 12-5 record. Something. They did something important last year, I'm sure, right? I forget. Let's find out. Let's read these amazing notes and find out. 12-5. <laughs> they won the division. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. They did. They won the Super Bowl. Oh, that's what it was. I knew it was something, like, minorly important. It kind of went um, all or nothing style last off season. Trading uh, nice away, reference. Thank you. Uh, mortgaging even more of their future, trading away draft picks to get Matt Stafford from the Lions. Um, and you got to say the gamble paid off. They achieved the ultimate goal. And they started off amazing, winning seven of their first eight games uh, to open the season before going through a random rough patch where they lost three games in a row in which Stafford threw a pick six in each of those. Uh, but from then on, they would only lose one more game, which was, a, you know, meaningless week 18 uh, contest to, with the where they didn't play their starters, whatever. They'd already clinched the playoffs. But anyway, that was, uh, um, yeah, so in the playoffs then, they were the number four seed in the NFC. They destroyed their division rival Cardinals in the wild card round 34 to 11 as part of the Cardinals annual second half of the season collapse. <laughs> which I can't wait to watch on Hard Knocks in season this year. <laughs> um, and then they went getting, uh, kind of squeaked by the Buccaneers and 49ers by three points each to reach the Super Bowl, which of course. And that's at the point where you start to get nervous for them, right? Like they're coming on strong, but now they're playing like the best teams you can play against and they're barely barely coming through it and it's like oh i don't know if this is gonna go the way they think it's gonna go right and we talked about it a couple of our episodes ago in the buccaneers preview that they were up i think 27 to 3 or something in that game and they the, the buccaneers came all the way back and tied it and they had to win it on the last second field goal kick um but yeah in the super bowl itself of course they played in their home stadium against the Bengals. that was a tight game as well but uh, stafford and cooper cup Linked up for a late touchdown that would end up being the game winner in another three-point victory. And they hoisted the Lombardi. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so great season for the Rams. The gamble paid off. They may never have a first-round pick again, but they all have Super Bowl rings now. So I'm sure they'll take that trade any day. (laughs) Right. Uh, Just looking at the numbers really quick, they had the ninth-best offense with 372 yards per game, much better through the air than on the ground. Um, 27 points per game, which was eighth best. <clears throat> Defense was good against the run, sixth best, but 22nd ranked secondary. And they gave up about 22 points per game, which was right in the middle of the pack. For uh, yeah, they had a lot of, a lot of activity, a lot of action this offseason. They were a busy team this offseason. So they lost um, Robert Woods, who or actually they traded away Robert Woods to the Titans. And they let Odell Beckham Jr. leave in free agency. Uh, he'll be, he's still a free agent, but he's coming off of a, I think it was an ACL tear in the Super Bowl, right? So Something like that. He won't be healthy till sometime in the middle of the season and he'll sign with someone, maybe the Rams. They lost their star uh, left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, to retire. No, that guy's been around forever. I know, he's so good well, too. Well, you know what, you have to figure, he wasn't going to win one with Cincinnati, so... Or, what? No, he, the Browns, right? Oh, I don't remember where he came from. It was <laughs> a Cleveland team. It was one of two. <laughs> it was a good way for him to end his career, though. That's how you want to do it. Yeah. Win the ring it. and retire. Be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Von Miller, who they brought in at the trade deadline last season, left in free agency for Buffalo. Uh, they lost Darius Williams, a starting corner, to Jacksonville. Austin Corbett, guard, went to Carolina. Sony Michelle, Johnny Hecker, their incredibly jacked punter, uh, went to the Panthers. And then Sebastian Joseph, defensive tackle, stayed in town but went to the Chargers. And then uh, they were pretty quiet in free agency, although the two names they did bring in are very significant. Bobby Wagner, the veteran superstar linebacker from the Seahawks. And then, dude. and then Allen Robinson, the receiver, coming off a brutally bad year with the Bears. But well, I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I agree. So, but I feel like Robinson is a really good replacement for Woods. So I'm actually pretty excited about that pickup by them. Yeah. Oh, I think he's an upgrade over Woods. Yeah, I agree. I do have some bitterness from drafting him in fantasy and him screwing me, but. I agree. It wasn't his fault. I blame the Bears more than I blame the player. <clears throat> and then in the draft, they didn't have a pick until the third round, 104th overall, which they used on Logan Bruss, offensive guard from Wisconsin. And they did have one significant coaching change this offseason. Their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, uh, was hired away by the Vikings to be their new head coach. So the new... Uh, I missed that, apparently. I did not know that. Uh-huh. Uh, let me verify that in case I'm completely wrong. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. Yes, he's the head coach for the Vikings. <laughs> new offensive coordinator is Liam Cohen, who has been was with the Rams from 2018 to 2020 as a receiver coach and assistant quarterback coach. Um, but then last year, he was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. So now he comes back to the Rams for his first coordinator role in the in the NFL. So going into the roster breakdown, starting with the offense, of course, the studs, you know, Matt Stafford, all those years in Detroit. Um, you know, he did what he could with that team. <laughs> his first year away on a real team wins the Super Bowl. It's almost like the potential was there the whole time. They just needed to correct staff around him. Mm-hmm. But no, all joking aside, I was super happy for this guy. Oh, he yeah. He earned it more than I would say anybody else in the league. I mean, to have your career as long as it was in Detroit and to continually not have the support put around you or the pieces put around you or this the correct coaching staff there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to tough it out like I don't oh know. yeah he was banged Stafford up every year arguably one of the toughest quarterbacks in all capacities in the nfl yep um and then yeah his top receiver cooper cup we've talked so much about throughout last season just went absolutely insane with safford throwing him the ball leading all receivers last year in every category won the, the triple crown of leading in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And he came really close to breaking a bunch of records, too. It was an unbelievable season from these two guys. And then they've still got a pretty solid offensive line, even losing um, Whitworth to retirement and Corbett and free agency. They've still got uh, Brian Allen, the center, and then Rob Havenstein at, at tackle is, is good, too. So. There's still good players there. Couple, wow, actually, there's a lot of questions here for what's it, who wrote this? <laughs> yeah, you surprised yourself with your own question. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like we talked about, pretty long list of free agents that they lost um, in addition to their offensive coordinator, two starting receivers, two starting linemen, and Michelle was actually their leading rusher last year due to injuries to um, Akers and, and Daryl Henderson. So, you know, got to have some question marks there. Um, they got Cam Akers, though, right? Yes, he's back fully healthy. Same with um, the other guy I just mentioned, Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> that other guy with the football that runs it. But on Cam Akers is actually one of my questions because – uh, you know, he's, oh, 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 you sneaky devil, you, <laughs> you sly dog. <laughs> Without pictures, it's a little hard, but shockingly enough, I can read a little bit. <laughs> uh, thank you for teeing me up, and I just completely whiffed. 
But yes, Cam, let's talk about Cam Akers for a second. Uh, by the end of his rookie season, he had really taken over the backfield and looked really good. And then he got hurt in the offseason last year uh, towards Achilles, I believe. And he actually did come back late in the season. But he looked he looked really bad. And he had a severe fumbling problem. He was the main reason that they almost blew that game to the Buccaneers. He had two fumbles in that game. Um, so, you know, maybe with a full offseason to recover, maybe we'll see. That's a that, third of the fumbles in a game that Daniel Jones usually has. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's that's great. I never apologize for bashing Daniel Jones. I mean, it was embarrassing how long my brain had took to actually put all that together, but it's <laughs> It's okay. I still appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's one question is, can, will he be the player that we – Saw in at the end of his rookie season uh, with a full off season to recover from that injury, or will this running game kind of sputter again? Because they were, I think they were bottom ten in the league. I can scroll back up and look at the number. Yeah, they had the 25th ranked uh, rushing offense last year, and that was despite having a good offensive line and a great passing game that should have opened things up for them. You would think. So questions there, and uh, new new players in the receiving core as well. So. And a new offensive coordinator. So that's that's the only question. I'm not saying I don't think they'll get it done. I do, but uh, they've they've got some hurdles, if you will. Just a couple. On the defensive side, of course, you got Jalen Ramsey at corner, one of the best in the league. Aaron Donald. These are all household names at this point. Donald, the one-man wrecking crew on the D line, and he had 12 and a half sacks left last year from the defensive tackle position, which is just wild. Usually it's, you know, the edge rushers getting those kinds of numbers. But yeah, Donald is a crazy guy. You got a double team on every single play and he'll still get through sometimes. Ashawn Robinson as fellow defensive tackle is pretty good. And then Leonard Floyd on the edge has really turned his career around, uh, leaving the bears coming to the Rams a couple of years ago. And, and he's looking good. Yeah, it's a great change of pace for him, and sometimes that's all it is, right? It's a, it could be a scheme, it could be a, a the way that you coach your team. Sometimes players are just not good fits for teams. Mm-hmm. But here we saw, you know, yet another Bear player that left and had a stellar career. Yep. Um, so the only issue I have with this defense is potentially the secondary. Outside of Ramsey, you know, they lost Darius Williams, who was a starter. It's a pretty young, unheralded group of defensive backs. And even last year when they had, you know, like Williams, they, they were the weak link of the team of the defense. And they haven't really done anything to improve there. So I feel like the secondary could be an issue. Yeah, I feel like they, they haven't really done much to address that. I'll I'll agree with you there. So what do you think about the Rams overall? I don't think much has really changed. I feel like they've upgraded actually a little bit at wide receiver with with the departure of Woods and the acquisition of Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Most of the, the, the core team is still there, which breeds consistency. You have your questions back in the secondary. I mean, I would say this team is probably around a solid eight. I mean, most of the personnel is still there. There's some questions in the run game. Um, but I think this is the make or break it moment here for Cam Akers. I wouldn't be surprised. There's still some time left if they could pick up somebody floating around. Uh, let me look up free agent running backs. See who's still kind of floating out there. Mm. Uh, Lamar Miller is a free agent. Oh, wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, it says Peyton Barber, apparently. Who's Alfred that? Morris. What, how far back are we going? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> well, I mean, there's still Frank Gore, right? He's still around. Isn't his son in the league now, too? <laughs> anyway, I agree with you, though. The Rams uh, should be good. I had them at an A minus just because there's a few more questions, I think, coming into this year uh, than last year. Let's move on to the Cardinals. They were 11 and 6 last year, second place in the division. And they were the hottest team in football through the first seven games. They were undefeated. I think they were the last undefeated team in the league at that point. 
and had gotten impressive wins over teams like the Titans, Rams, the Vikings, and 49ers. And then their star quarterback, Kyler Murray, got hurt, as did DeAndre Hopkins, their top receiver. Uh, despite that, the team was actually still in a good position at, at 10 and 2 when Murray came back. But he really didn't look the same after that injury. I forget what the injury was. But he didn't look Pride. the same. And it, what? Pride. Pride, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they lost four of their final five games. Thanks to their good start, they still did make the playoffs as the number five seed. But as we just discussed, they got completely destroyed by the Rams in the wild card. So um, by the numbers, they had the eighth best offense in yards per game with 373, and they had good balance. They were the 10th ranked pass rushing, or sorry, pass offense and the 10th ranked rushing offense. And with 26 points per game, that was 11th best in the league. Defense was um, pretty good too. 329 yards allowed per game, which was 11th best. Particularly the secondary was good, although they gave up a lot of yards on the ground. And they gave up uh, 21 and a half points per game, which was also ranked 11. So despite their, you know, second half collapse, overall, the entire team still managed to be fairly middle of the pack, which is rather impressive because it seemed this team came apart at the seams after <laughs> week like eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, and then in the offseason, they, they lost some significant players, I would say. Christian Kirk, who was a starting wide receiver, went to the Jacksonville. Uh, Chandler Jones, their uh, pass rusher, outside linebacker, went to the Raiders. And then Chase Edmonds, the running back, went to the Dolphins. And Jordan Hicks, a starting linebacker, to the Vikings. Now, remember during the draft, they were on the other side of that uh, the Marquise Brown trade. They brought in the, the trade speedy, that shocked the world. It did. Yeah, the speedy wide receiver from the Ravens. And then in free agency, they brought in uh, Daryl Williams, running back from the Chiefs, and then Nick Vigil, outside linebacker from the Vikings. Then in the draft, in the second round, they took Trey McBride. I believe is a like a pass catching tight end out of Colorado State in the with 55th pick overall, and then in the third round they took Cameron Thomas, defensive end from San Diego State. Overall, and uh, the coaching staff remains intact coming into this season. Offensive studs, they uh, Kyler Murray, of course, you got to start with. He's one of the best dual threat QBs in the game right now. Uh, however, it should be noted that he is not required to do independent film study <laughs> anymore. Oh, not this game again. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah. Did you did you see there was something going around Instagram that showed uh, Murray uh, calling plays, I think? Yeah, in the preseason game? Yeah, and someone took a shot at, like, um, Cliff Kingsbury about how, like, I guess he uh, Murray was more successful. And all I could think about was, well, Murray would probably do even better if you watched some film. But, you know, I kind of kept my <laughs> comments to myself. Uh, well, that joke or meme, whatever you want to call it, will follow him for the rest of his career. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. <clears throat> and then his, his top weapon in the passing game, DeAndre Hopkins who was great with the Texans all those years, has been awesome for the Cardinals since they traded for him a few years ago. Uh, however, they won't have him for the first six games due to a PED suspension. And then James Conner was kind of surprisingly effective last season and healthy. Well, they brought him in. kind of go hand in hand sometimes, right? Well, yeah, you kind of got to have one to have the other, I suppose, yes. <laughs> But to me, both were a surprise was that he stayed healthy and then how good he was when healthy. Uh, and I think that's what led to the departure of Chase Edmonds. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. He, um, so you remember he was in Pittsburgh at that one crazy year when, when Le'Veon Bell held out. and But then left in free agency. They brought him in last offseason. And, uh, you know, he wasn't the most efficient runner with a sub 4.0 yards per carry average, but he had over 1,000 all-purpose yards and scored 18 touchdowns, which was third most in the league among non-quarterbacks. 
and was like like you called it he, they let chase edmonds go because of how good he was not just on the ground but as a pass catcher too in terms of questions for this offense uh the line is projected to be one of the worst in the league for uh pff and that's comforting yeah yeah and that could have some a lot to do with his his poor yards per carry average as well but um james connor that is but yeah so that is something i'm concerned about and that impact it'll have on him uh, and also murray especially given both of them have been a little bit banged up in their careers over the last couple seasons we saw what happened uh, when kyler went down last year and he maybe they rushed him back maybe it was like a russell wilson thing where he like pushed to return maybe too early but he was not as effective so you want to keep your quarterback healthy, obviously, not rocket science. I mean, apparently it is. <laughs> Over on the defensive side, they've still got J.J. Watt at defensive end. Abuda Baker at safety, most famous for getting run down by D.K. Metcalf on that interception return. Uh, but he's a good Really? Player. You're going to bring that back? He's a poor guy alone. Right. It's, it's been rough for him. It's been rough. For him. First thing I think of when, uh, whenever I hear that is his name, and then Marcus Golden, outside linebacker, who I uh, was actually better than I. I didn't remember hearing this name too much, but he actually had 11 sacks, 10 tackles for loss, and uh, 19 quarterback hits last year. So good player on this side of the ball too. I guess my biggest quest question is yes the pass rush i suppose and the loss of chandler jones and, and how uh, that impacts things really that's your concern <laughs> uh yeah because my concern had... is on the offense behind a line that's slated to be the worst in the nfl even when deandre hopkins was in kyler murray couldn't couldn't do it in the second half this team can't it, remember when Pittsburgh was it two years ago? Pittsburgh was like ten and zero, and then just completely unraveled at the seams. Um, oh, yes, mm-hmm. I do remember that. And and you, like you 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 have to keep it going, right? Winning ten games is phenomenal, but it, you have to win when it counts. And this team is not ready for the postseason. Um, I don't have the confidence in their quarterback position. Murray's great with his legs, but he has to demonstrate his completion with the football. Their offensive line just got worse, and they're putting a lot on James Conner, who had one phenomenal year in Pittsburgh, um, but didn't do much after that behind a phenomenal offensive line, I would argue. Pittsburgh's known for one of their better offensive lines that just about anybody can run behind. So I have more questions on the offense than anything. I think the pieces are there, but I don't know. Yeah, and that no, that makes sense. And um, if you remember back to our the first show, the first season of of this podcast, they were my very first playoff sleeper pick. Yeah, the one uh, that I shredded. <laughs> hey, you know what? They were close though, <laughs> and I was only I was a year early, exactly like you said. But the reason I bring that up is because I'm actually less excited about this team right now than I was two years ago. They, I feel like they lost more players than they brought in. They didn't fill those holes. And um, Well, I think there's just a lot of drama, too, that wasn't there even a few years ago. Yeah. Like this whole thing around Kyler Murray, right? It could just be a bunch of, you know, meme joke, ha-ha. And as much as you try to tune it out, it's got to get to you. It, it has to get to you. How does it not? You know, it may not be, it's noise, and they try to tell you to tune out the noise, but how much How much can you really tune out without it affecting you still? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely have concerns, uh, that, and that's why I have the roster a bit lower at a B. Because Kyler is still great and he can do a lot, but they, they don't want to you don't want to rely on him too much. Kind of like what we were talking about with Lamar Jackson, right? Is if there's not enough around him to help, then he has to do it all, and that's not going to work out all the time. I mean, I would still rather 
I would still rather have Lamar over Kyler. Oh, me too. Me too. And I think the Ravens know what they're doing more than the Cardinals do. I'd give them more the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a B minus. I just don't feel like they have enough at the receiver position and they it, it, they're slated for a bad offensive line. You know, again, time is going to tell, right? Yep. They, PFF could have it graded as the worst, and who knows? It could be a top five offensive line for all we know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's all projections. You don't always know how players will play. Maybe young guys step up. I but... mean, they still hate Patrick Queen, so I don't know what that says. <laughs> it says they're not always right. <laughs> or, or, or I am a terrible uh, player evaluator. <laughs> One of the two. Who are you going to trust? Me, an amateur podcaster who has never coached or played football on any level, or these guys who do this for their job? It's up to you. <laughs> I don't know. We can trust Matthew Barry over there on ESPN. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> He's at NBC now. Have you seen this? No. Anyway, let's talk about the 49ers. <laughs> At 10 and 7, uh, they were the third place team in the NFC West last year. And uh, remember going back to last year's draft, they traded, they traded everything to get the number three pick and take Trey Lance. So, given that, we kind of came into the season just waiting for them to be the team to be bad enough to throw in the towel and bench Jimmy G and turn things over to Trey Lance. But uh, that actually never happened. <laughs> they kept winning with Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, a lot of help from his friend Debo Samuel as well. And, and yeah, that never happened. They were around, they were right around 500 record for a lot of the season. But uh, they won four out of their final five games, propelling them into the playoffs, including some big wins over the Rams and Bengals. And um, I think Jimmy G got a little banged up, and, and we did get to see a little bit of Trey Lance. And, you know, looked pretty rusty, but... Garoppolo came back and was the unquestioned starter when healthy. And they actually beat the uh, Cowboys in the playoffs. And then they beat someone else. And uh, before they finally lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Uh, This was a very good offense last year and very balanced. They had the seventh most yards per game. Uh, Their passing offense was ranked 12th. The rushing offense was 7th. And they scored 25 points per game, which was uh, good for 13th best in the league. The defense was very good, too, with just 310 the yards defense, allowed. defense, I think, surprised me, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the offense being that decent. I mean, I think it was mostly Debo Samuel. but um, True. Let's, this let's team put up points. Offense, that's really who we're referring to. And uh, Jimmy G's numbers were very inflated by... Uh, what looked like handoffs, what were technically passes and stuff like that, or screens to Debo, but uh, whatever. We don't have to slight him for that. Debo Samuel's really good, should be the takeaway. And the defense was great too, top 10 across the board in all categories. A couple players lost in free agency. Lakin Tomlinson, their guard, went to the Jets. Kaywon Williams, corner, went to Denver, along with DJ Jones, defensive tackle. And then Raheem Mostert, running back as well, he went to Miami. And they brought in Charvarius Ward to fill that uh, cornerback void from the Chiefs, uh, George Odom, safety from the Colts, and Oren Burks, linebacker from the Packers. And then the Niners were also short on draft picks, thanks to the Trey Lance trade, uh, so they didn't pick until the third round, uh, which they used on Tyrion Davis-Price, running back from LSU. And just like the Rams, they lost their offensive coordinator to a head coaching role. Mike McDaniel uh, is now the head coach in Miami, who was their who was their offensive coordinator. And last I checked, they um, hadn't named an offensive coordinator. They're doing it uh, Patriots style. They have named a run game coordinator, Chris Forster, and a pass game coordinator, Bobby. I'm always curious how stuff like that works. I feel like... I don't know. You've got to be a solid head coach to be able to kind of work with all that for the fact of you have basically two people coordinating your offense there instead of just one that takes input from two people and kind of makes the decision themselves. 
Right. I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan running the shows. I think the show. I think we know that. And then you got these two guys. Just I don't know. Sorry. I think you should do that. That's phenomenal. Shut up. Yeah. All right. Here's what we're, <laughs> here's what we're actually going to do. <laughs> Uh, the offensive studs, you got to start with Devo Samuel, who is technically a receiver, but he was also among the team's no, leading rushers. When we talk about the car, uh, the 49ers offense, this is what, we're, what we mean. I just want to make that clear. Uh, yeah, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, he was among their leading rushers. I think he did lead the team in rushing touchdowns, and of course he was their leading receiver as well. It's just crazy what he was doing. It was, um, You know who it reminded me of? Kind of throwback to... Like when we were younger, <laughs> do you remember Percy Harvin? Oh my God, that is the name that probably half these kids don't remember. <laughs> but he uh, was, you know, in his time, was kind of like this. Like they would hand it to him a lot. They, he was also the returner, I think, just because he was so electric. They just do anything to get the ball in his hands and, and see what he could do. And and that's kind of what Samuel was. And so you know, he's back on a new contract extension where I think. I think I saw there are like some built-in bonuses based on how much they use him as a runner. So that's certainly still in their plans. Um, they've got George Kittle at tight end. He's He missed a, a big chunk of the season with injury last year, but when he's out there, he's still a great pass catcher, just a like a half tier below like your Kelsey's and Mark Andrews of the world. And then Elijah Mitchell at running back was a sixth-round rookie last year. Nobody was really talking about but after Mostert went down with uh, yet another injury, Mitchell kind of exploded out of the scene and played really well. Uh, he was hurt, too, of course. He only played in 11 games, but he had over 1,000 all-purpose yards with a healthy 4.7 per carry average and six touchdowns, looking pretty good. Uh, and then, of course, you've got some monsters on the offensive line like Alex Mack. Still uh, that's a good name. Still doing it at center and uh, Trent Williams at tackle. And they, so in terms of offensive questions, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster as we record this today. The expectation is if they can't trade him, then he will be cut to save, you know, 20 million against their cap. Oh, but he's Uh, so good. The decision has been made already either way to that Lance is the starter. And so that's the biggest question because What's going to happen now? <laughs> we saw him play, like I mentioned, <clears throat> a couple games last year. You know, he looked like a rookie, showed some flashes, uh, made some mistakes. And uh, hes I think he has looked pretty good at this preseason, getting some reps. Well, but, and you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. Even if he starts like this, the 49ers are going to have to make some key decisions here, right? If they cut Jimmy to save cap space and they roll with Trey Lance, they kind of have to take what's given to them, right? The ups and downs. It could be a rough season. I mean, they have really good components around them, though, to actually help Trey Lance. So a lot of this, I feel, will fall on uh, Shanahan on how he makes this work. They just finally made an agreement with Debo Samuel to keep him happy. We all kind of feel like the end was coming for Jimmy G, but at the time, the Niners really didn't have any other options. Mm-hmm. Now they have an option. I would like to see Jimmy go simply because, as a, as a Green Bay fan, I'm tired of saying that we lost to him twice. <laughs> and so there's just that personal satisfaction. But I, I feel like this could be an up and down throughout the season. Like maybe the Niners lose games that they're slated to win, but their quarterback is going to gain a lot of experience. I I say roll with Lance and just let let the dice fall where they lay. Yeah, I'm super excited to see Lance play. And like you said, it's a good situation. <clears throat> it's a good situation for a young quarterback because there are, the, like you said, the, the pieces around him. It's not going to be put all on his shoulders, um, but someone should give him a good chance to uh, show what he can do. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. But that, you're right. Of course, there will be some ups and downs as he goes through his first, hopefully, full season as the as the starting quarterback. So correct. But the question is just it'll be fun to watch. And uh, yeah, obviously we can't judge on one game or probably even the whole season. But it's definitely the future, or they hope it's the future for the franchise. Again, 
it's always it's always a kind of a crapshoot. You just never know, and there's only one way to truly find out. Yeah. Um, on the defensive side, though, we do know that they have studs pretty much at every level of the defense. Jimmy Ward at safety, Fred Warner at linebacker is one of the best. Uh, Eric Armstead at tackle, and then Nick Bosa on, as on the edge, uh, rushing the quarterback. Those are all that guy. All elite players at their positions. And uh, I don't really have any questions for the defense. You can't argue with against what they did last year. The only um, personnel change really was. Hold on, I scrolled too far. <laughs> <laughs> only personnel Calm down there, Skippy. was losing um, Kewan Williams at corner, but they brought in, you know, a good replacement in Traverius Ward. So I don't really have any questions for this defense besides just. Can they do it again? And I think they should. What do you think? I think we're going to see a transition for this team. I mean, I think I have to give the roster, you know, a, a B, maybe a B minus, uh, simply because we, we we don't know Trey Lance, right? Like preseason is one thing. It gets you an understanding, but it's not going to be the same speed, intensity, or half the time the same people that you're going to be facing on a regular basis, right? Like your 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 starters as opposed to your second and third rounders. The components are there. It's you know not having an offensive coordinator is always a weird situation. It puts a lot more on Shanahan, and he's going to have to step up to the task. Um, if they don't do it this year, there's a good chance you know maybe next year going in Shanahan's in the hot seat. I don't want that to be, but I give this team a solid B, B minus. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you bring up about Shanahan because he's pretty much <clears throat> he's pretty much staking his claim on the, Lance is the guy. <laughs> like he was the, I think he was the one who initiated the trade up to get him, and they, you know, all yeah. the other pieces around him are there. So if he's wrong about Trey Lance, then uh, there could be trouble. I think they're better than the Cardinals. That's my, I don't even know if that's a hot take. It's probably not a hot take. But I had the Cardinals Cardinals at a B, so I have to give the Niners a B plus. Because I think they do have a really solid roster. The only question is Lance. And if he hits on the upside they think he has, they're a Super Bowl contender. Great. That's just what I want to hear again. If if we lose to the 49ers for a third time, I, I... There will not be a Matt part of this podcast. <laughs> Failures of the 49ers, again, the people are losing their jobs in Green Bay, so I'll, I'll have my pick of recruiting people to, to, for a new co-host. <laughs> a lot of be unemployed people. In Green Bay. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope, you know, never mind. All right. You know what? Actually, you know, what's the oh, Packers head coach name? Matt LaFleur. We can even keep the name of the podcast. <laughs> Mike. Still Mike and Matt. <laughs> anyway, moving right along quickly. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah, quickly because one more team in this division, the Seahawks. Uh, they were seven and ten last year. Oh yeah, they're still here. I forgot about them. And they're technically they're here. Practically, well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, they've got some issues now, but that's fine. They, they got some big problems now. <laughs> um, they started. Kind of rough start to the season with the two and three record. Then Russell Wilson got hurt. And then, yeah, Geno Smith was on the roster last year. He started the next couple of games. <clears throat> Apparently it was only three. I thought it was more in my memory. Feels like it was like five. Yeah. Maybe he makes three games feel like five. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> the team was, uh, yeah, so he went one and two in those games. Uh, Wilson returned for their week 10 matchup with Green Bay, but... He didn't look healthy. It was a it was a finger injury, right, for Russell Wilson. I should really include that little detail in these notes. <laughs> but he came back um, from that injury in week 10. A lot of people thought it was too early, given the expected timeline of that injury. And, uh, yeah, he looked pretty bad. And he wasn't the Russell Wilson we're used to seeing. I think he definitely rushed back from that injury. And then they lost three in a row out of the bye week to fall to three and eight and pretty much ending the season there. Uh, they did end on. They did go out on a high note with wins over the Lions and the Cardinals. Um, and and that last game against the Cardinals would end up being Wilson's final game for the Seahawks. 
the numbers uh, were pretty bad. <laughs> they were a good rushing attack, which you expect from Pete Carroll. Uh, but the defense was kind of shockingly bad, giving up almost 400 yards per game. They were the fourth worst defense. Uh, second worst against the pass, a little bit better against the run, but it, it was not good. And then, of course, the big move in the offseason. They traded away Russell Wilson, their star quarterback, to the Broncos and immediately put themselves into a rebuild. They did yeah. get to picks and players back in return. Uh, like we talked about at the beginning, Drew Locke is in that quarterback battle, a couple other starters, and draft picks. <clears throat> Um, they also let Bobby Wagner go in free agency, the linebacker. Uh, DJ Reed is starting safety. Gerald Everett, tight end, and Carlos Dunlap, uh, defensive end. So in terms of players they brought in in the Russ trade, uh, of course, Locke, also Noah Fant, uh, their new starting tight end, and then Shelby Harris, defensive lineman. A couple of players in free agency, our old friend, former Prove-It player Artie Burns, cornerback from the Bears. Marty. A name here that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Oh, come on. And, uh, <laughs> all right, Uchenna Nwosu, linebacker, <clears throat> linebacker from the Chargers, uh, Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackle, and then Austin Blythe, a guard from the Chiefs. So they had a bunch of draft picks. With the ninth overall pick, they took Charles Cross, offensive tackle out of Mississippi. Again, the He's- pick that made me go. Now, right now that Russ is gone, you finally invest in a good offensive line. It's fine. I didn't explode in an irate rage. <clears throat> so did Wilson on his new couch in Denver. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the. And then in the second round, they had two picks. Um, Boye Mafe, linebacker. Jesus. I'm just butchering these. That's okay. Linebacker from Minnesota. And then Kenneth Walker, running back from Michigan State. Oh, you got that one, right? Yeah, that's an easy one. Got some coaching changes. They parted ways with their defensive coordinator following that brutal 2021 campaign. Ken Norton Jr. had been there since 2018, but obviously things are not going well. They brought in or promoted Clint Hurt which is such a great football name, Hurt, with two Ts. Um, He's been in Seattle since 2017 as an assistant head coach and coaching the defensive line, so it's his first time as a coordinator. He's the new DC. Okay, let's take a quick I was trying to work a Marvel joke in there, and nothing nothing happened. Thanks for trying. I I spent a few seconds trying to think of one, too, but uh, no, also stumped. (laughs) Let's just keep going. The offensive studs, they still have a great pair of wide receivers, though nobody to throw them the ball. Uh, But Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are still one of the best receiver duos out there. Uh, Rashad Penny at running back, it's, you know, you can't call him a stud, but he really played like one the last few weeks of last season. Oh, I forgot to mention in the players they lost, because he's always been a favorite of mine, Chris Carson retired. Did you see that? That was kind of sad. Why? Uh, Because he had a neck injury that I don't think. You know what? Pretty good reason to. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't blame him for that. It is. It is sad though. He's always been a favorite of mine. Um, but yeah, his injury last year opened the door for Rashad Penny, a former first-round pick, uh, who's been banged up his whole career so far too. But he got a lot of run in the last month and a half or so of the season and looked really good. Um, and he could be the week one starter uh, for for a change for the first time I think this year with no Carson and just the rookie uh, Kenneth Walker to really compete with for early down carries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of questions though is the offensive line they they brought in Cross with you know invested a top ten draft pick on him, but they're still um, not great. PFF has them ranked thirty second. Entering the season, which is dead last, starting oh, great. rookies like Cross and then kind of like washed up veteran type of players. The mishmash of <laughs> what you really don't want your team to be. Yeah. 
And then obviously the the bigger question, just because it's the most important position, is who will start a quarterback. I don't think it matters that much. This team's going to be bad. They're going to lose a lot of games and be probably in contention for a top draft pick again next year. And then which they'll probably use on a quarterback of the future. Oh, here's my Chris Carson note. What's up with Chris Carson? And then I have an update. He's retiring with a crying emoji. Yes, the crying emoji. <laughs> on uh, defense, they have, you know, they have two good players. Al Woods on the defensive line, who I've never heard of before, even though he's apparently an 11-year veteran. <laughs> uh, and then Jamal Adams at safety, who uh, was exciting when they traded for him from the Jets a few years ago, but hasn't quite lived up to that hype. But he's still one of the better players on this unit. Uh, let's see. Here's some more stats about how bad the defense was last year. Just 18 turnovers forced, which was bottom 10 in the league, and 34 sacks, which was also bottom 10. And they're going to be likely facing even tougher situations this year with, you know, bad quarterback play and, uh, yeah, new new faces running the, running the defense and then a couple more players personnel, new players personnel-wise, so... It's going to be a struggle all over the field on both sides of the ball. Now, the question I have for you okay, as part of our overall thought process, Ooh. do you think that Pete Carroll gets a pass this year, but then starting next year he goes under the scope? Or do you think this starts to mark the beginning of the end of Pete Carroll's tenure in in Seattle? That's a good question. Um, I think Pete Carroll has had so much success there that there, he's going to coach there until he decides he's done, no matter what happens. That's what okay. I think. That's, that's fair. That's fair. What do you? How about you? I think it's an interesting prospect, right? To, yeah. to contemplate <clears throat> the ideology that he has been there. They've had great record. They've won the Super Bowl, what, once or twice? I think once, yeah. Um, I'm rather surprised that they allowed Wilson to leave or that, you know, there wasn't more of a, uh, a rumor mill going around surrounding that because that was their guy. The defense hasn't been what it's been since, I don't know, maybe even four years ago. Yeah. But you had to feel like it was going to come apart at some point, right? Like players just become too expensive. I think that they are going to give him a couple of years to kind of sort this out. But Seattle under the Russell Wilson time has been very successful. And I don't think they want to lose that success too soon. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think they've been a perennial playoff team. I, you know, I'm kind of surprised. It's, it's a good point you bring up. I'm kind of surprised Carol wants to stick around for this rebuild, you know, because like you said, I don't think anyone's expecting them to be competitive for anything this well, year. Well, there's that there's that little bit of pride, though, right? Like I can do it like Belichick without Brady, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to show sure. them I can do it without so-and-so. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're going with that. That makes sense. Um, I just will always find it hilarious that they get rid of Wilson and then their first draft pick of that year is they take an offensive lineman. <laughs> Probably yeah. the biggest, biggest middle finger I've seen in a long time from a team to a player. Yeah. But I don't know. It's I kind of want to see what the vibe through this year is going to be in Seattle and see how that influences the recap next year. Yeah, totally. Especially if they do end up with a top five pick draft, a, you know, quarterback, because next year's quarterback class is looking uh, much better than this one. More, more, more like what we're used to seeing, which is several quarterbacks taken in the top, you know, 10 even. Well, and I think that's part of some of these teams gambles, right? Like, you know, once like you knew Seattle was going to need somebody, but they're not going to waste a pick on you know, a one in 100 chance. They'd rather take a one in 50 chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, yeah, very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. And that is, oh, yeah, so I had them at a C. Uh, they're going to be bad this year. C minus. Yep, that is fair. So that's it for the NFC West. Um, we've got one division to go. And uh, the, just the way I'm going to release these episodes, try to get this one out today. So tomorrow is our fantasy draft. Should I hit the theme really quick? 
Hold on, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for it. It's in your. <laughs> Keep talking. Are you excited for the draft? I will be at work and attempting to draft and work at the same time. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. Yes. <laughs> First, first one of the of our season three. <laughs> so proud of that. I will never be known for my commentary. I will always be known for that. Uh, it's art, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode of 2M Football. Uh, we'll be back with you soon for our final divisional breakdown. And Matt, good luck in the draft tomorrow. I want to wish you some luck, but not enough to where you beat me. Just wait till I put you on auto pick. And... <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron